This episode of the Fight Talk Podcast is brought to you in part by Vacated Title. Vacated Title is an elite design and lifestyle brand for wrestlers, promotions, and wrestling fans. VacatedTitle.com will be launching soon, and check out at Vacated Title on Twitter for the latest updates. Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode of Fight Talk is another conversation with Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com. Me and Jeff talk about Ronda Rousey. We wanted to talk after UFC 207 and finally got the chance, so there's a lot of Ronda Rousey talk, and we also talk a wide variety of subjects from the world of mixed martial arts. It's really cool to hear Jeff's perspective because he's a hardcore, lifelong professional wrestling fan who doesn't watch mixed martial arts very often. So getting his perspective is actually really interesting, and he makes a lot of really good points from an outsider looking in. And it's a really cool conversation because you're going to hear how he left watching UFC 207, a fan of other fighters, and a bigger fan of the sport, and he gives some really good insight. We probably talk a little pro wrestling. This was actually recorded right before a podcast you've already heard where me and Jeff are talking some pro wrestling. That all being said, kick back, relax, and listen to some mixed martial arts talk from me and Jeff Meacham from NoDQ.com. This is Jeff Meacham of NoDQ.com, one of, if not the absolute best sources for professional wrestling when it comes to the world of the internet. Great website there at NoDQ.com. Everything you guys do over there is awesome. I mean, I know we're going to get into the Royal Rumble a little bit. I'm going to save the NXT talk for another podcast, but we'll talk some Rumble today. But before we get into that, uh, we've been trying to put this together for a little while now, and you're a returning guest to the show. So a lot of people have actually heard you here on Fight Talk before. We wanted to talk some Ronda Rousey, like right after her last fight with Amanda Nunez. We couldn't get together, couldn't get in sync, but here we are now. Jeff, just kind of let the fans know kind of what your thoughts are just on Ronda Rousey in general. Maybe a little bit of thoughts about the fight itself, uh, because you're not what most would consider like a hardcore MMA fan, but you definitely tune in for Ronda Rousey. I, I, she is the sole reason I watch the and, and that, that can be attributed in part to Brock Lesnar crossing over when he did in the late uh, 2000s. But um, my, my appeal to UFC is tied into the rise and now subsequent fall of Ronda Rousey. And I, I, I got a flag when I appeared on uh, the show with Aaron immediately after the fight and talked about my experience with Ronda saying that she was the greatest fighter that I had seen just keep in mind, I was not watching in the days of Evern or Shamrock or Abbott or Gracie or those guys. I, you know, I started watching UFC when Brock Lesnar became an ultimate fighter. And for me, in the time that I spent legitimately attempting to uh, ingratiate, if you will, myself into the world of MMA, Ronda is the standard bearer. And, but um, a, a idol of mine, Eric Bischoff, made a very good point that he caught a lot of flag for himself. Um, during the Holly Holm fight, Ronda was exposed. When she could not match Holly strike for strike, that was the end of her title reign. And rather than attempt to go into camp for the Nunez fight with a different approach, she chose to try to stay until the toe of Nunez. And she got rocked. And she got beat. And whether that's her last fight or not, the fact of the matter is, 
I, you know, I still think she's one of one of the best fighters ever. I still believe, I still hold her very close to my heart as far as allowing me to become a fan of UFC. Because Stevie, it is something about me. I've always been a advocate of quality women's wrestling. Like I even had a company that I was the co-creative director for for about two and a half years out here in Southern California that we tried to get off the ground. It didn't really succeed, but it was there. It was the World Independent Ladies Division. Wild. And for a while there, we had people like Winter and Ashley Mazzaro and you know, a few others that were involved in the project. Shelly Martinez was involved in this for a while. And we we tried, and it didn't get off the ground, and who knows, maybe one day we'll bring it back. But for me... Women, women in sports has always been a a, a thing, a, 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 always been an attraction to me. Not just because they look pretty, not just because they look good at what they do, but because they're real athletes. And Ronda was the ultimate, if you will, athlete for me in female sports. And without her, I wouldn't consider myself even a casual fan of USC or MMA in general. And how I feel about the fact that she lost twice so handily, I I I feel remorse, and it, it sucks. And I hope that you know she takes this loss and realizes that she's been exposed, and if she has another fight, that she changes her game plan up. Now that's a lot of good information there. Uh, so I'm going to try to dissect a little bit of that with. So, so no, 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 no. But that, I mean, that was great. I, it, it's it's an interesting perspective because I don't talk to a lot of people, especially on the podcast, that we either kind of do one or the other. It's either we get like real in depth about like mixed martial arts or professional wrestling. Uh, but I haven't really talked to many fans that came in like from your perspective of being like a strictly professional wrestling fan and then coming over for this particular uh, athlete, Ronda Rousey. So it's just it's really cool hearing this side of it. So with uh, with Rousey, so seeing what you've seen, would you like for her to come back and fight again? Based on what you've seen, uh, you know, I I've talked with so many people that I know in quote unquote our industry as far as professional wrestling, sports entertainment goes, and the consensus is, is one of two things. And some of the consensus is two things. Sorry, inappropriate word. I apologize. The, the general feeling is one of two directions. A, the time is now to strike to bring her to WWE. Or B, Vince McMahon will not cap a two-time loser in his play. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I, and I, I understand both those schools of thought for sure. But obviously the, the contrary kind of argument, and I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times too, would be that Brock Lesnar went out looking pretty bad his first run in the UFC. And then they, they gave him the biggest push they've given anybody. So, but I also understand, like, I mean, I think Ronda Rousey is definitely damaged, but do you think that there's any kind of comparison you can make there to like kind of how Brock went out kind of along the same way as Ronda and then still was a, was a really big deal in the WWE? Um, no, and only because of two things. One, Brock made his name first in WWE. Great point, great point. Out of, straight out of the NCAA. 
Sure. And number two, we know now why Brock got beat so bad. He was sick as a friggin' dog. Very true. Both very good you know, points. Ronda, for all kinds of purposes, was the healthiest she'd ever been. And she, she got beat. Am I, am, I, am I on the floor on this show? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She got the shit beat out of her. Both fights, she was ready to go. No physical ailments, and she got beat up. And I, I think it would be in her best interest, and maybe, or not maybe, definitely in Vince McMahon's best interest to not necessarily hot shot an angle, but get her. See, what, what I would do is this, because we're, we're going to talk about the Rubble Nerf in and we'll go in depth on that in a minute, but. They showed an interview with Charlotte post-match when she defeated Bailey, And Charlotte said that she will be champion until she puts it on a shelf. And what I'd like to see is Ronda Rousey cross over sooner rather than later and go, can't figure out a shelf, huh? They, they say I'm on a shelf. Why don't you test me? I like that. I like that a lot. Because that, that's actually one of the questions I had just uh, written down while we were talking was, do you think if she comes in, she, she wrestles Charlotte or does some sort of angle with Charlotte? Because I think that that's, that's got money written all over. I, I'm a very big fan of Charlotte Flair personally. There is no other angle for her. Charlotte has been the face of the women's division for almost two years. There is no other angle for Ronda Rousey than the woman on top of the heap. Do you think that they could pull off a singles match, or do you think they'd have to involve like how they kind of tease like her and The Rock or or Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, something like that? Do you think that? I mean, obviously, we know. I mean, Charlotte, I think could could carry a broomstick at this point. But do you think that the, is that where the money's at? Is Ronda Rousey and Charlotte in like a one on one contest for the belt? I think if it had been right after WrestleMania when she appeared with The Rock and it was her and Rock against Hunter and Stephanie, it would have been a thing. But I think with Ronda's um, story now, I think with Charlotte's absolute dominance over the division for almost two years, I think you have to almost, uh, you, you, you almost have to go with the one-on-one match. And honestly, Charlotte is such an island to herself because Yes, she, she, she carries the Flair name now in her stage name, but she still very much burned the bridge of her father. She very much slapped the tape out of his mouth more than once. Number one. Number two, she has no allies on, in, either, in either roster, men or women. She is very much a single entity. She considers herself the queen of pay-per-view. Not just women's division, but the queen of pay-per-view all around. And it's hard to argue with her. So, for me, I would have the queen of WWE pay-per-view versus the queen of UFC pay-per-view. I think that that would be phenomenal. I I would definitely, I would absolutely pay to see that. And that's something that could main event, too. They could main event a pay-per-view, a special event on the network with, with that matchup, I think. Even if it went, even if it went the, the Goldberg-Lesnar minute 26, it would, it would go, I mean, people would eat it up. Turn it this way. If, if, if it was signed right now, happen at Wrestlemania, I would find a way to get to Orlando. I was going to ask you if you were going to be there. You're not going to be in Orlando? I am not. You know what? It's funny. The last time Wrestlemania was in Orlando, I was literally five days away from becoming a father. Oh, gotcha. 
because WrestleMania was on Sunday. We landed from we landed in LA on Tuesday. My son was born that Friday. So yeah, with, with, yeah, I honestly I honestly don't see the need to you know delay with tag matches with Ronda and Sasha versus Charlotte and whoever Dana. Let's say although although Dana and Ronda is interesting matchup because they're both you know. You know, uh, competitive outside of the WWE, so maybe there's something there. But I, the, the bunnies are stronger than Ronda. There's no question about that. Is Charlotte the best women's wrestler you've ever seen, in your opinion? Um, wow, on the spot. Yeah, I do. I just it just came to mind, and I only ask because it just I think it just Athletically speaking, and and what her persona, she's she's still so new to the business too. I mean, to be this good, and she's only going to get better. I, I mean, I'd probably say yes already. She's the greatest women's champion that I'm not personally booking. How about that? Okay. Because I, I, I only say that because if by some strange miracle Wild does return to the to the scene of professional wrestling. Winter, Katerina Waters is a wonderful champion, and she's a tremendous athlete herself. Gotcha. So, but but as far as like uh, as far as like the WWE goes, would you say Charlotte? As far as WWE, as far as WWE goes, she is the best ever. I, I I can say that without hesitation. Yes. There's something else that just kind of came to mind. We were talking UFC and uh, Charlotte, and we'll get into the Royal Rumble here shortly. But I wanted to just ask you because I don't think we've talked since the CM Punk fight. Or at least haven't talked at length. Did you get to catch that fight, and what did you think about it? it, it it's so funny. Both of the fights that I paid money to go see down here, our, our local Buffalo Wild Wings that charges like a cover charge to go watch the fights or whatever. CM Punk's fight against Nikki Gall and Ronda and Nunes, and both times I walked out pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I didn't expect Punk to win, but I didn't expect him to tap out in under three minutes either. That was that was kind of disappointing for me. And what's so funny, I, I have a great personal Jeff Nugent Spear Punk story for you. Back in 2000, let me think how far back that was, four. This is, this is, this is in between... In between the, the, the demise of the old Extreme Mayhem show and the beginning of Dexter B. So this is, this is going back almost 13 years now. Ian Punk was on a show for PWG. If, if you know wrestling, you've heard of PWG. They mentioned on WWE television. Man. And Punk was at the gimmick table after his match with Steve Carino. Punk, I believe, was the baby face of the match. Carino the heel, but I could be wrong. It, it's been almost 13 years, so forgive my memory. Um... I remember distinctly Steve Carino being one of the nicest dudes on the planet, and from what I hear, he's still a nice dude. And God bless him and his chance to be a trainer at the Performance Center because he deserves it. And then I meet CM Punk, who is the talk of the town. He's the up-and-coming indie guy with Ring of Honor and PWG, and he's you know he's he's the straw that serves the drink in the wrestling, and he's just this big old heathen prick of a guy, and. I didn't understand at the time why he felt the need to be such a dick, and so much so that it really soured me on him going forward. Well, flash forward to Friday night. My dad takes my son to 
to the NHL All-Star Fan Fest Night 2 down here at the Convention Center here in Los Angeles, right next to our Staples Center. And as a Chicago Blackhawks fan and rival of our Kings mascot, Bailey, GM Punk is on hand. Not only does he sit there and sign every autograph that he was asked to sign, but he got up from his table and walked the floor and signed randomly around the room, including my father, who actually got me Punk's autograph on the back of one of his business cards from his own job. So I have it right here in front of me. I'm looking at it right now. I know it's Punk because Dad told me so. And I go, I think to myself two things. Where was this guy 13 years ago? And then I remember, Punk will now. Because he knows he walked away from comfort level and got his ass handed to him. Right. So for me, for me the, the, the Punk fight was not about him winning or losing. Punk fight was him about him showing that he could have the testicular fortitude that you want to call McFoley to get into the octagon and do it. And the fact that he's still saying he wants to continue fighting and not run back against the man, oh, please, just take me back, because most guys would do that, shows me about CM Punk the man more than CM Punk the character. I think that's awesome. Now, yeah, he got beat. Bad. He got out in under three minutes. And, you know, is, is there money with him in UFC? I, I think not anymore. I, I think the name value, the marquee value is gone because he lost the first fight so decisively. I think had he made a better showing, he would have been a better box office for being it going forward. Is there still steam left in his career train? Yes. But... I, I don't think he'll be a big box office draw too much longer for Dana White. Yeah, one thing that definitely needs to be mentioned uh, about his matchup with Mickey Gall, I actually had Mickey Gall on the Fight Talk podcast. He was actually the first UFC fighter who ever gave me the time uh, to interview him, so I'm very grateful for that. And uh, it was tough to interview him because I'm such a huge fan of CM Punk, the professional wrestler, and this is the guy who's going to be fighting him in his Octagon debut. And not only that, he's the nicest guy in the world. So... I'm talking to him and, and this and that. And anyways, they, they wind up fighting each other. And nobody knows at the time really how good Mickey Gall is. We just know that he's a guy that the UFC has brought in. And they, he got a win in the UFC, set up this fight with CM Punk. But he's this young, he's like 24 years old, this fair, pretty much untested kid. He goes in there and destroys CM Punk. But his next fight, he goes out there and destroys Sage Northcutt, who's like a top 15 guy in that weight class. So they, they gave CM Punk a legitimate top 10 to top 15 guy in the world at that weight without knowing it. So we, don't, we really don't even know how good CM Punk is really at the end of the day because if they go out and they can find him a guy – now the argument of course is should he be fighting in the UFC if they have to find like weak fighters outside the UFC to fight him. That's a whole other discussion. But – but 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 – if they go out and they they can find somebody who's you know zero and one zero and two, we might have like a a real a real fight on our hands. But he, they gave and, they gave and, him a killer. And 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 that's where my ignorance of the sport comes in. So forgive me for that. Well, but yeah. If they if, 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 if they were to find somebody at quote unquote CM Punk level, and we all thought Mickey Gall was, and sure as hell he was not. Well, well above it. Um. I 
I, I, I do say that maybe not big box office, but definitely better showing. Yeah, I th- I think he needs to have a better showing for sure. I think the pun- the situation that Punk's in right now is just it's so unique. And without getting so, like super into detail, it would be inter- it, you'd be interested because of how long you've you've been following CM Punk and his his pro wrestling career. He man, he's just in this weird spot with them because the UFC can't really release him either. Because if they do, a company like Bellator, who's on Spike TV, is going to snatch him up right away. I mean, he's going to wind up going somewhere else. He's made it clear to Dana White in the UFC that he's going to continue to be an MMA fighter, whether it's in the UFC or not. So now you've got to decide, like, are you going to give up business to another company? Or are you going to try this again with a guy who I think he's still a draw, but like you said, I think his his name value has definitely diminished. And it's not, another thing that needs to be mentioned is he didn't, it's not like he debuted right after he left the Royal Rumble or the night after the Royal Rumble. Like he debuted like no. two years later. Like his his name value had already started sliding. No, and, and, and the thing is, he didn't really make it known that he was going to be in the octagon until after the podcast was banned. Right. So for me, that's a long time between ending your career with Vince McMahon and thinking maybe I can do this. Yeah. And that's not the kind of thing where you can be like, maybe can I do this? Like that's like a very serious. <laughs> Anyways, the last question I got for you, UFC wise, and this is kind of the, uh, I guess, kind of the oldest question in the book, but you know, it's worth thinking about. Are you an example of somebody who you were drawn in by Ronda Rousey? Did you leave? a bigger fan of the UFC? Did you see any other, did you watch the other fights as well? Did you see anyone else that like, did it, did it kind of quote unquote work on you? Like, like did, did you coming in for the star of Ronda Rousey have you leaving a bigger fan of the brand and a fan of maybe some other fighters as well that you didn't know about? Um, it, it, it's, it's, you put me on the spot again and I, I, I can name, uh, there, there was, there was a couple of fights night Ronda fought in the same division. One was a title fight, one was a contender fight. And I liked all four of those guys. Cody Garbrandt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cody Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz, the title fight. Yeah, that was incredible. And yeah. Do- Dominic Cruz was unbeaten for the last, like, decade. Yeah, Cody, I, I like Cody a lot, but you know, I really like the TJ Dillashaw. That kid is going to be a superstar. Yeah, yeah, He's and he's a former... Uh, former champion at that weight too, so he's actually going to be getting the next title shot against Cody Garbrandt. They'll be uh, coaching opposite each other on the next season of the Ultimate Fighter, and then fighting at the end of the season. So that'll be a, a really having, good one. Having having never seen those four guys before, Cody and Dominic and TJ and John Linker, those two fights were unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah. You 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 so, tune in for a great show for sure. I really did, and 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 you know what? I remember in my graphic arts class in high school, and this is, okay, I'm going to show my age here. I'm going to show my brain here. Um, Fall of 1998. Okay. I was a sophomore in high school, and um, during the Tillenberg's graphic arts class, we would often... Sneak in the pirated tapes. I'm talking like Stever and Shamrock and, you know, Abbott and the, the, the barbaric cage fighting that no one was allowed to watch. But we watched it. And uh, it, it, it was long before Dana White, 
control. I went, okay, enough of this bullshit. Let's get a sport going here, shall we? So I had watched the old UFC, mainly because of Ken Shamrock, because he was a WWE superstar at the time, and I wanted to see what he had done before. Sure. And like I said, the reason I went back to UFC in the first place was because of Brock Lesnar, because I had been a fan of Brock's. Yeah, I didn't like the way he left in 2004 with the whole, I'm going to go play football and see, you know, I, I, I'm better than this, I, I can't do this schedule anymore, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't a fan, but you know what, I was still a fan of the athletes. I watched Brock fail miserably at the NFL, and then I saw him going to UFC, I thought, no way. Oh my God, the most, the, 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 the he was the ultimate fighter, oh my God. But Ronda is the one that when she crossed over from Strike Force and became the first UFC women's champion, I went, you know, there's something to this. And every time I would go watch a Ronda fight on TV or at the Buffalo Wild Wings or a pay or whatever, I would watch the entire card. And I do enjoy the sport of mixed martial arts. I do enjoy the different techniques, the different styles of fighting that there are. But for me, for me, I, I, I have a hard time letting my son watch it only because they're really beating the crap out of each other on purpose for money. Sure. Oh yeah, like, at the end of the day, it, sure. That's that's exactly prize prize fighting, absolutely. It, it, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a step way above what used to be the human cop fight in this thing. But it's, it's still very much a combat, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's nowhere near as bad as boxing for the brain. I'm not making a stick about that. Boxing is just barbaric at this point. Um, but, you know, I, I, I have easier time sitting there and saying, okay, bud, Wayne and Paul like each other. Rock and Hunter do not. Right. Gotcha. So Interesting. For me, so, so I, I, I completely forgot the question. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was Cody Garbot and Tiki Dillashaw are the guys that really got my attention at the at the uh, at UFC 207. In addition, of course, to Ronda Rousey. Awesome, good deal. I and so the, it so it did kind of kind of work on you a little bit as far as like they drew you in and you left with a couple names you didn't know, and you saw some fighters and some fights that. You uh you wouldn't have seen otherwise, so I I like hearing that kind of stuff because they that's the kind of stuff I'm always arguing in pro wrestling also. Like, hey, bring Conor McGregor over here real quick because I guarantee you UFC fans are going to come over and some of them are going to stay. Yeah, you know what I like also in in, in the women's and Ron quote unquote Ron division is uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Oh yeah, she's a murderer. She's great. She is <laughs> not to. <laughs> Not to, not, to, not to call her name, it's not really the same. That girl's a beast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, she is. That's a compliment for She's her. She's crazy. <laughs> did you see her uh, her fight with uh, Juliana Pena? I did. That, that, that's why I'm bringing her up. Yeah. It was yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she'll, I think she'll be next for Nunez. That'll be a great fight. I saw uh, Shevchenko and Holly Holm fight in Atlanta back in July, I want to say June. June or July. And, uh, July, something like that, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that showed me a lot because Holm was coming off of that big Rousey win and and all that stuff and yeah, man, that was that was good stuff. Well, anyway, I want to. You know, it's it, 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 it's very funny that you bring up Holly because I wanted before we go over into WWE land here, I wanted to bring up something that kind of caught my attention over the course of the last year. 
When Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey, she became the, the, the women's bantamweight champion. Not one champion successfully defended the championship after that until Nunez defeated Ronda. Right. Which just shows how dominant Ronda Rousey was for all that time. Oh yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Because yeah, she was she, beat, she was beating all the top girls uh, until then. She beat everybody in front of her and just got caught with her pants down. It's as simple as that. And if she comes back, she has potential to be great again. I agree. I I don't necessarily want to see her back. I, I I'm kind of on the fence about it. It's tough. Like I just don't want to see that happen again to her because I have so much respect for her and the doors that she opened for the UFC that just would have never been open and otherwise and. Like I have, I, I love her, but but if she goes in there and fights as someone with with excellent striking, like Amanda Nunez or Holly Holm, it's just going to be difficult yeah. for her. Now, now when she's fighting the right people, which is AKA you know the rest of the division, I still think she's a dominant uh, fighter. But stylistically, it's just a really it's just a bad matchup. Well, well I, I'm gonna point to the guy in black. I can't remember his damn name, but on. Um... Her, 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 her boxing coach. Yeah, Ed, Edmund Tarverdian. Yeah, thank you. The dude is a boxing coach. Why are you setting up a fight for Nunez with a boxing coach? That's just stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you're man. Gonna your, you, you're going to get your pretty blonde face pounded in by the champion of the world if you go and try to fight her. It's just, you got to take her down, make her back out. Yeah, oh man, I could do an entirely separate podcast on just Edmund Tarverian and the mistakes that that guy is making as a coach because he's not only done it to her, he's done it to like multiple fighters who have joined his gym, like successful guys that their careers are just like on the complete downswing since joining his camp. I mean, it's he's just a bad coach. That's, that's all I hear the last however long since the fight. That's all I hear. The guy's a cancer. Yeah, even Ron's own mom is like has publicly said multiple times for her to leave that camp. Like, it's, yeah. Wherever Ronda ends up tomorrow, I sure as hell hope it's not with that guy's camping anymore, because my goodness. Right, I agree. All right, and that will do it for this conversation with Jeff Meacham of NoDQ.com. You don't hear a formal goodbye on this podcast because we actually went right into our Royal Rumble review right after this conversation, this part of the conversation. So that's that. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Fight Talk. I'm Steven Jensen. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please subscribe on Podomatic. Please rate and comment on the podcast. It helps out a lot. It really does. I say it all the time, but it is the truth. Please check out my t-shirts. I got tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, pretty much everything you can think of. And you can find that on whatamaneuver.net. That's whatamaneuver.net. Please follow me on Twitter at fighttalk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T. T-A-L-K underscore. Thank you guys very, very much for listening, and I will be back soon. The episode you just heard of the Fight Talk podcast was brought to you in part by Vacated Title. Vacated Title is an elite design and lifestyle brand for wrestlers, promotions, and wrestling fans. VacatedTitle.com will be launching soon, and check out at Vacated Title on Twitter for the latest updates.